We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up? Welcome once again to another edition here of the Football Guys Daily Fantasy Hour, all presented by rotogrinders.com. I am your plucky host for the evening, Dan Bach. Uh, Joining us are, um, I always call them the Lee relatives. I've been doing it all season long, so I'm going to do it again. We're going to, somebody's going to go into that ancestry.com one of these (laughs) days and and, and find the relation between Austin and John Lee. Austin, welcome. How are you, sir? I am doing fantastic. Uh, I went to Columbia, South Carolina last night to see the Foo Fighters, and uh, it was about a three and a half hour drive each way, and it was totally worth it. Uh, So the wife and I had a great time seeing the show, and uh, we've been doing this show for three years, and two years ago, uh, when we were going to record our second episode, I had tickets to see the Foo Fighters, and I gave those tickets to a friend to go take my wife to that so that I didn't miss our second ever episode. I had never met Dan at that point. And so this was sort of like redemption for getting to go see them after missing that concert two years ago. So I am on cloud nine. You know, John, it's who knows (laughs) what direction this show could have gone in if Austin wasn't a part of it. Cause we might've just canned him for just stick for, you know, standing this up on the second ever show. So, uh, you know, we might not have had to do these goofy loser lane videos and, and all the other things that we have going on if it wasn't for Austin being loyal to us over the Foo Fighters. So I'm glad that you could go back and kind of uh, experience that Austin. Yeah, no, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> it was a good uh, birthday gift to my wife. And so uh, we had an excellent time. We were three rows back on the floor. So we were like 10 feet away from Dave Grohl. It was pretty amazing. Yeah, always great when you give your wife birthday gifts that you can indulge in as well. Um, John, I am feel a little bit lost here today because we don't have your dachshund pillow pup behind you today. <laughs> so uh, on location one, John Tippenpick Lee. Uh, how are you doing, John? Out in California, are we here? Yeah, I'm out in the San Diego area for uh, some real life uh, obligations, work obligations. And I'm telling you, you know, I, I used to, when, when Austin lived out here, 
I was so envious because we, he recorded the show at what I thought was a decent hour, which was 6 p.m. But what I learned today is that doing show prep before 6 p.m. is really difficult to do. So I think um, what I'm going to do eventually is just move somewhere in the Midwest where it's kind of in the middle because, you know, you guys always make fun of me about wanting to go to bed so early. Um, if I move to like Chicago, um, somewhere in that area of the country, I think that's like the sweet spot for me. The uh, what is that? The Goldilocks effect that I'm looking for. Well, how about mountain time? You know, I, I could, are you yeah, a maybe. mountain guy? You know, Colorado. You me. know, they get. <laughs> look at me. All right. Well, uh, of course, if you're new to the show, welcome to it. Um, Football guys, Roto Grinders comes together, does this show for you each week. And uh, Austin, you know, football guys, ton of great content. I'm going to let you sell it a little bit on, on what they've got for the p- people who are part of the R- Roto-Grinders community who, you know, might want to uh, adventure over and see what you guys uh, have to offer. Yeah, we've got uh, $45 for our entire season. It includes all of our season-long products as well as our daily fantasy web content. And we deliver, I don't know, like, 50 different things that are just on DFS every week. If you include our matchups, videos, tools, and articles. And, uh, you know, we cover the whole swath of DFS sites. Uh, but uh, if you're looking for season long stuff, uh, please check us out. And then we've also got uh, DFS stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I know John's got his tips and picks article, which usually comes out on Saturday at uh, some point in time. He puts in a ton of time on that. Really well done piece of content over there, football guys that I enjoy. If you're a football guys person, you're watching this show, you're like Roto Grinders. Well, if you're playing daily fantasy beyond just football, you got to give us a look. We've got a seven day free trial on all of our content. NBA has just launched. We've uh, started up a new premium NBA show right before the 30 minutes before lock, which is phenomenal. We've got a new live blog and just i'm telling you we've been doing this longer than anybody so if you're looking to kind of expand your horizons a little bit uh please give us a look in our premium uh again one price covers all sports so we're not making you buy them individually Uh, i think you'll enjoy it all right next up on the docket uh losers lane that's right john and i squared off last week and uh it it was one of those situations where uh, all three of us built really good lineups in fact I think I won about 95% of my games last week, and I usually play head-to-head. Unfortunately, this matchup versus John fell into that 5%, and uh, and I was a loser. I mean, you put up, what was it, 180, John? Is that right? Yeah, it was 179 and change, yes. Oh, yikes. I mean, that's that's tough to beat. So, um, (laughs) so, uh, obviously, that puts me on the hook for for loser's lane here, guys. And – I got to give major kudos here to uh, the better half here, because the one thing that, you know, I know John does this too uh, with his and Austin we've seen in the past, like this is a group effort. Like you can't do these things by yourself. And uh, I just got stumped. I had writer's block and I said, honey, I need you to write me a rap. And uh, lo and behold, we sat back and, uh, I think we came up with uh, with something pretty good. So uh, without any further ado, let's hit it. This week's Loser's Lane. And you will find me on Loser's Lane. Because I'm the week's loser. Yes, I'm the real loser. All you other big losers can hail the king. Loser. My lineups were dead for the night. When you add up all of those inches, 
It'll be the difference between winning and losing. This is why this show is like no other in fantasy sports. You don't find that anywhere else. So stop building lineups and listen. Bach is back with a brand new edition. My team was so unsightly. It's John Lee. Don't take him lightly. Do I finish on top? Yo, I don't know. He's scientist, not a DFS pro. It's a pipe dream to win this game without scandal. Still swapping off players like I'm drunk with a handle. Lock. And I start to sweat. John's team's putting me in debt. Choking Falcons D ain't strong. Baltimore made me sing this song. Drew left me hanging. His defense was buck. Deshaun was on fire. That boy don't suck. Lineup's got a problem. Nope, can't solve it. Paying with my words. Loser's lane revolves it. Loser's lane for DB. It's loser's lane for DB. It's loser's lane for DB. Word to your mother. There you have it, boys. If you ever wanted to see me do uh, a little bit of vanilla ice, you got your wish. That's what Loser's Lane is about. And, uh, fellas, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I felt pretty good about this one. You know, it was uh, it was nice to kind of bring back. That's my era. Like, that was like junior high for me. And uh, you know, I'm not – I don't do rap very often. So, I thought that one was uh, was fun to do. Yeah, definitely. Uh, make sure your wife helps out with these in the future. I think that uh, is probably the best of you when you've got that uh, support, as it is for all of us. Did you uh, did you give your kid back his uh, shirt after you were done recording the video? Oh, did you think that that shirt was too small? Like it was a ba- it was a Fanduel basketball jersey. I got it at like the last Fanduel basketball final. And uh, so I was like, I'm probably never going to wear this. But I was thinking like, yeah, this thing works pretty well. It kind of, kind of fit a little bit. So um, it was great. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. great. It those, wasn't those glasses, a, Yeah, those glasses make you my hero for the rest of the show. Like, those, <laughs> well, hey, hey, John, you have no room to call me for wearing <laughs> things too small after you wore your daughter's cowboy hat a couple of weeks ago. Okay, never Fair again enough. from you. Never again from you. So this week, um, we've got uh, Austin and you going head to head. So one of the football guys will have to take a stroll down losers lane next week. And we're all pulling for Austin to uh, to lose, to be honest with you, because he does the best videos. And um, so, yeah, but no offense, Austin. No offense. Hey, it's it's got to be Halloween themed, regardless of who loses. That's true. It is. It, we oh, do yeah. have Halloween coming up like that's. I guess it's the day after Halloween, right? So am I right or wrong? Or no, it's a week before. Yeah, so it'll be the 25th on our next show. So, you know, I don't know. Okay. Uh, my whole schedule is off. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's get to uh, football. Let's get to this week seven. And uh, you know what? This is a just a brutal week for me in the sense of, like, we've got NBA starting. So I've got daily podcast radio shows. And then we got NFL. And it's like, just my brain is turning to mush. And then we've got DraftKings, not including the Sunday night game, which is like the ultimate hammer here. And if you're playing Thursday through Monday, you know, you can't play that Thursday through Monday the way the same way you're going to play Sunday only. A lot of weeks you can. You can't do it this week. So, um, man, I'm just so disappointed by this. I know John's been on this uh, harping as well. But this week it's really painful because – 
a, a lot of times I can just play those Thursday through weekend lineups and be fine rolling the same lineup I do on Sunday, but you can't do it this week. So got to pay extra attention to that one. Uh, but let's get into some of the injuries here, and we'll start with the major one, John. And this was Aaron Rodgers with a busted collarbone. He's going to be out for the – looks like the entire season. And uh, Brett, don't call me Todd Hundley, is now going to be under center. And, you know, I think last week for him was not a reflection on his ability as a quarterback. That was a really tough spot without zero with zero preparation. And he looked terrible. He threw three interceptions. But now he gets a week to prepare. He's at home, and he's going against maybe an improved but still, I think, vulnerable Saints D. So, for me, I don't mind Hundley. I want to get your early week take on him. Yeah, I agree with you. I, th- I think he's, uh, he's definitely in play this week, especially at his price. Uh, looking over some of the early quarterback options this week, it's not pretty at quarterback. And Hundley is definitely in, uh, in the consideration for – for cash games because of his price this week. You know, my biggest concern was uh, I don't know enough about Hundley uh, to really get into it. So what I did was to head over to uh, our buddy, uh, fellow football guy, Matt Waldman, um, great college uh, talents evaluator. And uh, he's gone through a lot of the game film on Hundley. And, you know, I took some quick notes. He published an article earlier this week. Um, basically, he says that he's really good at finding his receivers downfield. Uh, where he lacks ability is maybe finding some of these guys over top of the the, uh, the linebackers across the middle of the field. Basically, laying it over those those early uh, those early defenders and the linebackers, but before the safety. So maybe that downgrades a guy like Randall Cobb moving forward while Hunley works on that skill set. But uh, Waldman was pretty pretty adamant that we, we're not going to lose a whole lot here and that guys like uh, Jordy Nelson and Devontae Adams are still going to get theirs, but it's a slight downgrade to Cobb and Bennett, the tight end. So, um, you know, overall, I think, I think this is a, a situation that we should really like because, uh, as you pointed out, New Orleans is a little bit better with Marcus Lattimore in the secondary, but they still um, are running out Kenny Vaccaro and Ken Crawley on the other side, and uh, those guys have been really struggling in coverage. So overall, I think this is a pretty good spot for Hunley, and uh, for DFS purposes, the price is right. Yeah, and when you consider that we've got New Orleans as like a five to six point road favorite here in Green Bay, there could actually be a a good amount of garbage time here for Hundley. It's super risky. And like if I'm playing on FanDuel this week, uh, I'm probably not rolling him out there because A, they got a little bit softer salaries and B, basically you've got Sunday night football. And, you know, if there's ever a Matt Ryan smash spot, this is going to be it. Uh, but, you know, if you're looking for savings, if you're looking for GPPs, um, I think Hundley's a guy that's worthy of consideration this week. And, uh, well, let, let's throw it out there, an early one. Uh, is it Hundley or is it Tyrod Taylor? I mean, they're the same salary on DraftKings, Austin. You got a, a preference between those two? Yeah, I mean, if you're looking to go low, low as you can go on these quarterback prices, uh, I think that Taylor is my pr- preference if it sounds like Winston is going to be healthy enough to go at full steam in this game. Uh, if it sounds like Winston's going to be limited in any way, then I prefer Hundley. And Jameis Winston next on our list. Uh, he is, I think he's going to play this week. He was on the sidelines throwing with his helmet on last week uh they said he's not going to throw until 
late in the week. They don't want him to re-aggravate the uh, shoulder injury, but I think he's going to end up going. So I, I don't think uh, we're going to have uh, Fitzpatrick here this week for Tampa. Kevin Hogan, boy, uh, little buyer's remorse for some people and Kevin Hogan in cash. I, I was really hoping Tibbin pick was going to go down that, uh, down that uh, route when he built his team. Unfortunately, it was Deshaun Watson, which uh, certainly worked out great for you. But I don't know what the Browns are doing here. You know, they play a guy. He's terrible. They bench him. Now they move him to third string. They move Kaiser back to first. They move Kessler to second. It is an absolute train wreck out there in Cleveland. And, and these are supposed to be those smart baseball guys running things there, right? Right, Tip and Pick? Isn't it the uh, analytics guys? Yeah, yeah, in Cleveland, that's what they're supposedly doing. But, uh, you know, at some point, you've got to have some consistency. And you've got a young quarterback in Kaiser who certainly has not looked great this season. But you also have to uh, remember this is his first go-around. And, you know, I remember watching some uh, some very great quarterbacks earlier in their careers, and they were not good. Uh, looking at guys like Andrew Luck here when I talk about that. Um, you know, and, and so Kaiser is definitely – uh, you know, he's, he's got some issues, but in, in this particular matchup, um, I don't know. I, it's, 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 it's great, right? Tennessee, Tennessee yeah. is what yeah. six, six most fantasy points to quarterbacks, 25th, uh, DVOA pass defense. It looks good. Um, you, you got to, I don't know. Uh, Austin doesn't like it. I go ahead, go ahead, Austin. You've got a strong take on it. Well, you know, we, we talked to Devin Knotts a lot. Who's a Cleveland fan on the football guys staff. And uh, he says, just stay away from all Cleveland players all the time. He sent out a note uh, internally to football guys. He's like, this is the, uh, what is it? The 10th different starter or the 10th time Cleveland has switched starters in the last 22 games at the quarterback position. Uh, some of those guys have been the same guys bouncing back and forth. But at this point, he's like, they're just drawing names out of the hat for their <laughs> freaking uh, depth chart on uh, quarterback. They're, they're on a, a long road to ruin here. It's just it's ugly you want to stay away from these pretenders and they don't even have like any playmakers I mean Duke Johnson's all right but you know they've got a, a guy in Isaiah Crowell who doesn't bring any upside to the table their wide receivers are Ricardo Lewis uh, I mean come on like that yeah. guy is should be you know uh, a scrub probably on most teams or it would be and he's like their number one guy. He, Rashard Higgins, Kenny Britt obviously got hurt. Coleman only gets banged up. But they just don't have any weapons. So I think that's kind of the problem. Um, so I'm not considering them, even though Tennessee, if there's ever a spot for him to get it right, this might be it. Uh, and then kind of the surprise here was C.J. Beathard, the starter in San Francisco over Brian Hoyer, Austin. And uh, I didn't think Hoyer played that horrible to kind of deserve to get benched. But here we are. And C.J. Beathard going to be the starter this week versus the Cowboys, who hasn't been great defense so far to this point. Yeah, but when you're looking at some of these cheap options, I don't think I want to, you know, take this time to watch uh, Beathard learn to fly on this particular matchup. I would rather bet on someone like Hundley or one of these other kind of cheaper options, maybe like we talked about pivoting to Tyrod Taylor or something like that. I really don't have him in my lineup consideration this week. Well, he and uh, George Kittle, I believe, are teammates together. So uh, you've got that working for you. Which is interesting for Kittle's value, but not necessarily for Beathard's value. 
Just one uh, quick note on, on Beathard, uh, because I, I found something today in my research that I thought was interesting and worth noting. He threw for 245 yards last week in two, two, and, a half quarter, two and a half quarters, which is really impressive if you extrapolate that out over a full game. But 177 of those yards were actually in the last two minutes of each half during periods of time when the defense was in a prevent defense. So don't get overboard uh, analyzing that stat line and thinking that he's going to be, uh, you know, th those numbers extrapolate out over a full game. Uh, running backs, uh, Leonard Fournette, you know what? I faded him last week and I felt like such a donkey after that first play. And I'm like, Oh, here we go. Like losing week for team DB. Um, but then if you looked at the rest of the game, the guy didn't really do a whole lot. You know, that one big, you know, run made his day. And uh, I just wonder if some of these, you know, the amount of workload that he's getting is going to catch up with him. I'm also worried that teams are just finally going to say, Blake Bortles, you beat us with your collection of mediocre wide receivers and tight ends. And I, I think that as the year goes on, we're going to get more and more of that. Now, he didn't practice here today. They said this ankle injury isn't that severe. And they're, I think he's more on the probable side of questionable. Um, but in the off chance that he wouldn't go, I, I can see exactly what's going to happen is everybody jump on Chris Ivory and be like, oh, look at what they were doing with Leonard Fournette with not remembering that, oh, yeah, that was their running back a year ago with pretty much the same offensive line outside of, you know, Cam Robinson's improvement. But, I mean, I just could see this blowing up in people's face if for whatever reason Fournette doesn't go, John. Yeah, I mean, it, we, certainly uh, Ivory is a real risk. Um, you know, typically Ivory is always better early in the season than he is late. So maybe you could make the argument he doesn't have a, a lot of carries on his legs this year. Um, but I think it's probably a moot point. I think that uh, we're going to see Fournette in the lineup this week, uh, especially because we already know that um, it looks like uh, what Marquise Lee is probably not going to play. I don't know. We'll talk about that in a minute. But, um, you know, if they're only going to be able to run out uh, Chris Ivory and Alan Hearns, I think they're going to be in a world of hurt against the Colts. I think they'll try to figure out a way to get at least one of those guys out there to uh, diversify their, their weapons uh, against this team. Uh, Robert Turbin uh, goes on the IR and Marlon Mack, you know, what a horrible coaching situation we have in Indianapolis. They give the ball to Mar uh, Marlon Mack first carry of the game or first carry, it might have been the first carry of the game, but his first carry of the game, he goes for 20-some-odd yards, Doesn't sees one more carry the entire rest of the game. Uh, Austin, you know, maybe this is the thing that could suddenly change. I mean, he is dirt cheap out there in DFS land this week, and I, obviously you're not playing him in cash games uh, unless something would come out where he's the new starter. But he's, you know, 4.1 over there on DraftKings. He, you know, at least you get one more guy out of the mix and he's looks really good the last games where he's actually carried them all yeah I think he's worth some exposure in GPPs but I'm gonna have pretty low exposure just because I don't uh trust that indie offensive staff to uh give him enough work and while Jacksonville is weaker against the run than they are against the pass uh overall this is a pretty solid defense I don't expect Indy to put up big numbers here so I think if you uh, are looking for a Marlon Mack uh, breakout this week I think you uh, should wait for a different week for that play 
Yeah, I mean, you can run against Jacksonville. I mean, that's really the one thing you can do. You're obviously not passing against them. I think there's some upside on that side of it. But, again, unless news breaks throughout the week that says, hey, you know, if they go this is a 50-50 timeshare, I might be interested. If they don't say that, then it's tough to get excited about it. Uh, DeMarco Murray uh, did not practice here on Wednesday. Obviously, they had a, a Monday night football game. Um, and he came up with this hamstring, kind of aggravating it once again. And we saw Derrick Henry have a really nice game. He's 5.6K over on FanDuel this week. I think he's really interesting, John. Um, not a guy that I love in the PPR formats, but even in the off chance that, you know, Murray does play, I feel like Henry is the guy that they want to give the ball to more and would probably be like 60-40 in his favor. And at that price tag, he gets you in the end zone, you're good to go. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think I think that's the big thing, especially on FanDuel, uh, where he's priced appropriately. If he were a bit more money, I might I might uh, fade him just from a uh, matchup perspective because this Cleveland defense is pretty stout up front. I think they're third in the league DVOA rush defense, allowing only about three yards per carry. And I've, I've talked about that on the show previously. That uh, you know a team like Cleveland, who's always losing, generally gets throttled by the run, and uh, they're really not giving up a lot of yards per opportunity. That said, um, you know, the, the price is too good on Henry. And they're, what, five-and-a-half-point favorites with uh, an implied team total of 26 points, which is fifth highest on the week this week. So uh, certainly you've got to give him some, uh, some consideration, especially over there on FanDuel at that price. Yeah, I mean, if, if, if Murray would be out this week, uh, there's a cash game running back for you. Yep. Um, no doubt in my mind. Uh, let's get some wideouts. Tyreek Hill, uh, concussion uh, symptoms. Uh, I don't know the latest on that. It's a Thursday game. Um, I'm not playing Thursday this week, at least on DraftKings. FanDuel, I might give it a run, um, but keep your eye on that situation. Emmanuel Sanders, he is going to be out with an ankle injury. And uh, Benny Fowler, remember him? He had a pretty good game. Like, was it the first one or second one of the year? Yeah, week first game of the year. Touchdowns. <laughs> yes. Uh, dude is dirt cheap. Like there is not many cheap wide receivers out there. He is the one guy that's kind of popping a little bit here, John. Yeah, I think I I think he's got to be uh, he's got to be in consideration for for cash games this week. Thirty three hundred on on DraftKings, uh, dirt cheap over there on FanDuel. Site minimum forty five hundred. You know, and last week uh, they were they were after Sanders got got hurt and they were playing from behind. Uh, Fowler had eight targets last week, and uh, I don't know whether that's repeatable this week, but I will say that Sanders was averaging 8.2 targets per game entering this week, and those 8.2 targets have to be redistributed. And if you uh, start to think about whether or not uh, Demarius Thomas is going to get shadow coverage from Casey Hayward, there may end up being more opportunities than we, we might otherwise even think of those 8.2 to be redistributed. So I, I think uh, this is this is a great spot for him. Uh, the, one, the one concern I have, and it's the same concern I have when we're talking about Denarius Thomas, so it's not really a reflection on Fowler so much, it's that Trevor Simeon, whether or not we trust him to get the ball to, uh, to Benny Fowler. And, uh, you know, at this price, I think the opportunity cost is low enough that I'm willing to take that risk. Yeah, I think we wrote off the Giants' defense a little too early. Like, uh, I mean, they haven't been great, but it's more been the offense, which has been the problem. So we probably shouldn't have been shocked to see Simeon put up a, a dog of a game last week. So 
Um, uh, maybe this is a little bit better spot against, you know, the Chargers, who, although they've won a couple, couple games in a row, building a little bit of confidence there. Uh, Stephon Diggs, questionable still with his groin injury. We'll see as we draw closer if he is out. Adam Thielen is just, you know, a target monster. You don't love this matchup versus Baltimore. It's not like it was against Green Bay a week ago, but it's good enough. And I don't know if the price has come up quite enough to take him uh, out of um, consideration for us. Devontae Parker did not practice today. And we saw Kenny Stills get a touchdown for your uh, former hometown team Dolphins there, uh, Austin. Could be another nice little value option. Oh, yeah. I think that uh, if Parker's out, I think uh, Kenny Stills is low enough this week uh, that he's worth consideration. I think that his uh, consistency is not something that you want to lean on in cash games, but, uh, you know, because he relies a little bit on touchdowns. But uh, if you're looking for like uh, upside, uh, a generator of upside for your GPPs, I think you could have a little exposure to him, but only if, uh, uh, you know, um, only if Devontae Parker's out. Uh, John, I saw you tweet something about Marquise Lee and Alan Hearn. So I'm going to give you the floor because I feel like you you want to you want to talk about this situation. <laughs> a little bit. I mean, it's a it's a great situation for Alan Hearns if uh, Marquise Lee does not play. He's got a he's questionable with a knee. He did not practice today, Wednesday. So if you're listening to this later in the week, certainly check back and see what his practice situation is. But <clears throat> excuse me, the, uh, the 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 matchup couldn't be better against Indianapolis. They have the 27th. DVOA pass defense and then if we look to when uh, over the past three years when uh, Hearns has played with and without Lee uh, with Lee he's only averaging 10.8 fantasy points per game I should note this is in DK scoring formats but without Lee in the lineup uh, that number jumps up to 16.4 so it's about a 50% increase in terms of his fantasy per fantasy production when uh, Marquise Lee is not in the lineup and if that's the case I think this week uh, he's cheap enough that I want to say 4100 on DraftKings and I think 5800 on FanDuel that uh, I think he merits consideration on both sites. And just to add uh, a little bit more context to that stat those numbers also included Allen Robinson being on the field getting that is the majority of the looks so he's not obviously playing uh, that's probably more just going to funnel that way. So I think that's an intriguing consideration to uh, to have if uh, if we're without Marquise Lee. Uh, let's get to our chalk talk here, and we'll start at the quarterback position. And uh, you know, again, this is just kind of a lousy situation that we only got one site to play it on. But you know, Matt Ryan against New England here, John. New England has made every quarterback they've played so far be I believe a 300 yard passer and uh, Matt Ryan's a guy who's had a down year and I don't think anybody's expected him to put up the same year he had last year but I don't think anybody kind of thought the drop off would be this dramatic but we saw Cam Newton get right against New Orleans or New England I don't see why or how Matt Ryan doesn't get right oh I agree with you I mean this 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 uh, New England defense is just horrendous uh, looking at the fantasy points allowed, uh, again, DraftKings scoring, uh, they're, they're by far the worst. They're allowing 25 points per game uh, to opposing quarterbacks this season. The next closest person or team is Tampa Bay at 21.6. That's a dramatic – that's like almost 20% higher than the rest of the league. And as you've already said, they've allowed every single passer to throw for 300 yards uh, this season. 
And, and that's, uh, that's an, a list that includes Josh McCallum. I think that that basically says all we need to know. And, um, you know, if we're, if we're talking about uh, regression to the mean, um, we're certainly uh, enabling Matt Ryan here to, to start regressing to some of his more historical numbers. I think this is a great spot for him to really break out. And, um, you know, again, the ownership is going to be through the roof because everybody loves to have that Sunday night hammer, uh, especially in GPP formats. Um, but you've got to give him consideration because the, the matchup is just too good. Awesome. We also got Drew Brees, though, who's a favorite on the road against this Packers defense, who's been pretty equally as dreadful uh, against the pass this season. And Brees, uh, I don't think he's thrown for 300 yards in like two or three consecutive games. And, uh, you know, obviously they scored 50 some odd points or 60 points last game, and he didn't get there. I know that because I had him in our losers lane game against John. <laughs> Uh, pretty disappointing there, but uh, we're not going to see their defense score four touchdowns very often. And uh, I think Breeze gets back over 300 again this week and probably throws two to three touchdowns. Yeah, I think the only thing that could throw a monkey wrench into this plan is if uh, New England, I mean, if uh, New Orleans gets up so big on Green Bay because Hundley struggles, they could continue to lean, lean on this running game like we saw last week. And so Breeze isn't my favorite play in that bunch. I'm actually looking at Dak Prescott and Cam Newton in that same kind of price range as guys that I like more uh, in cash this week. Uh, Dak is super safe. I mean, yeah. John says it every week. Like he is like the ultimate safety play out there. But I also feel like his upside feels a little bit capped. We do have Zeke here back this week. Uh, I just feel like there's a little bit greater potential with Breeze than there is on Prescott, at least for GPPs. Cash Definitely. games, I think you make a pretty good argument, but the salary, I think it's pretty close. Dak is juiced up a little bit this week. So um, I, I think Breeze is squarely in, in the conversation again. We talked about the cheapies as well. Let's move on to running back here, guys. And uh, I mean, this is interesting week here. There's a lot of names to talk about. You know, last week, you know, I don't know how people weren't on Ingram and McKinnon on DraftKings. Uh, anybody who wasn't, I felt was kind of a donkey. But even on FanDuel, <laughs> even on FanDuel, Ingram was under 10% owned in GPPs, which did not make sense to me. And uh, so there is still edge to be had here. But, John, you know, this week it's a mix of, of you know, really big-name guys and then I think some guys in the middle tier. Um you got McCoy on this list, or somebody put McCoy on this list. He plays Tampa Bay. He's still yet to find the end zone. Is this the week he finds the end zone? Uh, it's got to be the week he finds the end zone because, I mean, who else does Buffalo have at this point? They, they've, they've lost just about every receiver they have outside of Zay Jones. Um, Charles Clay is gone. Um, you know, I, I think this is a situation where they can really lean on uh, McCoy to kind of carry the team to a, to a victory. Um, Tampa Bay has uh, the, the 14th ranked uh, DVOA defense. They're certainly more susceptible through the air, but, but uh, McCoy, as we know, is a, a great uh, receiver out of the backfield. I think he's, he's, uh, he's a fine play this week, and his price is somewhat depressed because he hasn't gotten into the end zone. And as a home favorite, I'm willing to, uh, to take the chance and, and uh, put him into my, into my cash game rosters at, at his current price. Yeah, I like him too because he's, you know, if he's eight, over AK, maybe you're not going there. But in the sevens, it's, it's too high of a floor with what he does in the past game. Um, I like Carlos Hyde this week against Dallas Austin. 
he's cheap. Under 6K on DraftKings, under 7K on FanDuel. Everybody got nervous about the workload split, and what does he do? He scores two touchdowns last week. And, again, getting so much work in that pass game. Didn't run a ton, but Dallas's defense isn't great. I think I can get behind Carlos Hyde at that salary. Again, is even a potential cash game play. Yeah, he's high on my cash game list uh, for sure. I should have known that the uh, it was coach speak last week about getting, you know, Hyde maybe doesn't have the job. You know, I think that was just motivational ploy. So uh, I'm behind the Carlos Hyde uh, play this week. Dallas allows the third most normalized fantasy points to running backs. This is a great matchup for him. Yeah, 32nd DVOA against pass catching running backs. So uh, they, you know, he should have a field day here. John, can we trust Jay Ajayi? He finally looked like the Jay Ajayi last week that we uh, that we were expecting the previous five weeks and um, showed up and, you know, nobody had him. Nobody was playing him against the Falcons. And the dude put up a monster game. Now he gets the Jets, 6,200 on, I think, DraftKings, 7,400 on FanDuel. Pretty reasonable again here. Yeah, I mean, and you can't argue with the type of volume that this guy gets. I mean, I'm looking over his game logs right now. Three out of the five games, and those happen to be games where uh, they were competitive, which for the Dolphins hasn't been often. Uh, in three of those three of those games, he had 25 touches. So 25, 26, and 28 touches. And he's just too cheap. Again, it's almost like the LaShawn McCoy thing where he hasn't scored a touchdown yet this season. And because he hasn't, that price is depressed. We saw this a few weeks ago with Melvin Gordon. I think that uh, Ajahi is a very similar situation this week um, with, a, with a game script that um, sets up well on his behalf as home favorites, um, three-and-a-half-point home favorite. This league is nuts. I mean, a Jay Cutler-led team that went back-to-back games yeah. without scoring – could be three and two here very shortly, um, or it could be four and two. I think they're three and two right now. It could be four and two. Uh, just craziness. Um, but that's the NFL for you. Uh, and then we got – let's talk about the top end guys here because all these guys are kind of in that middle tier. And we've got Bell, Hunt, Zeke, Fournette, Gurley. And I didn't even throw big Melvin Gordon in there as well who just gets 30 freaking touches a game and does nothing with them on the ground, but he gets enough when it's all said and done. Uh, I mean, how do you give me a like top two out of that list, John, and then we'll ask Austin. Uh, I think I've learned at this point not to go against Le'Veon Bell. I don't care what the matchup is. So Le'Veon Bell's probably at the top of my list. They just use him like a, an absolute workhorse. And then uh, outside of him, I don't know. Uh, Todd Gurley is, is in a very similar boat because of the volume that he gets. And, uh, you know, the, the, the L.A. Rams, they're, this game is in London, right? And we've been talking yeah. about this behind, behind the scenes over football guys. And uh, the Rams actually pu- pulled a pretty smart maneuver where they, uh, they, played, they played last week against uh, Jacksonville. Yep. And rather than flying back to L.A. Uh, five hours and then flying 10 hours back to London, they actually just left from Jacksonville straight to London which I think is going to benefit them because the, uh, the Cardinals have not done that. So uh, I think that that actually gives a, a little boost to uh, Gurley's value that maybe a lot of people aren't yet talking about. What about you, Austin? What are your favorite payups here? Uh, I think that Ezekiel Elliott, especially on FanDuel, is, uh, is a great play this week. If you're going high-end uh, cash running backs, he's the one that 
I'm looking at because San Francisco allows the second most normalized fantasy points to running backs, but I would not be as excited over on DraftKings where his price is juiced up to 9,000. I like the 8,700 over on FanDuel more. And then I got to go with John here on Le'Veon Bell in terms of the other high-end guy that I'm looking at. He's just, regardless of what the game is, he's got that resolve in the passing and in the running game that's going to get him the fantasy points you need. So if you're going to pay up, he's the safest option, I feel. Yeah, and Pittsburgh learned their lesson. We don't run it, we lose to Jacksonville. We run it, <laughs> and we beat Kansas City on the road. Go figure. I think they'll probably go back to that. Uh, I think wide receiver this week, there's not a lot to love, but – um, I think that Michael Thomas against Green Bay looks like a really good spot for him in this, you know, against that secondary. Uh, seemingly talk about Julio Jones every single week on this show, but I'll probably fire him again if I'm playing that slate. Uh, I think you have to, John. I think you have to play him. I'm sorry. He's a, and then the price didn't drop on him. They juiced him back up, but I think they juiced him up because they know he's going to go for two touchdowns and 100 yards. Yeah, I mean, I I had I had so much Julio last week, and I actually had a, an excellent week. And GPPs had Julio had the type of game I needed him to have. Uh, it could have been a six-figure weekend for me. It was that it was that close. It was just uh, he didn't pull through for me in, in key spots uh, this week. Um, he he's almost got to do it now. You know, there's two ways you can go here. There's a lot of game strategy we could talk about because of what the ownership levels might look like. Um, but there's also the uh, and I hate talking about it, but I, we have to, and that's the Bill Belichick take away the best weapon thing. Um, if you believe that, and I'm not saying that I do, but if you believe that, then Julio Jones is the guy they, they've obviously have to have to go after. Um, but I don't think they have the personnel to do so. Yeah. So for that reason, it's it's uh, Julio Jones, and you can only get him on one site, so you almost have to play him. You know, and ordinarily yeah. you divide it up and, and maybe get a little bit at where, but. Um, if it's only on FanDuel, I think you go after him because the matchup is just too good. I, I think that theory about the the New England defense is DOA this year. Like in the previous years, the, it was a thing you could count on, but um, I, I don't think you mess with it this year. You also don't mess with playing Julio Jones over on DK this week where they jacked his price all the way up to 10100 Like I'm not – Did they really? <laughs> I haven't – wow. I have not – I'm not – again, I'm not playing Thursday. Thursday through the weekend on DraftKings, but unless I'm hey, messing, I've, unless my numbers are messed up, actually, hold on. My, my data has been a little funky on that particular game. Okay. You better that. I Let mean, me that, double check it, that. Double check that number. Uh, Cause again, I'm not playing over there. Only, me. Some of the sites have been weird. doing that though. They've been for those shorter slates. They've been making the prices a little more uh, higher to, to drive that, down. Yeah, that, and, yeah. And that's what it is to Austin oh, too, because that. They've, you know, you're playing them on Sunday, and I guess you can play them on the Monday. Never mind. Yeah. It's 8,500. Sorry. 8,500. Okay. Yeah, my automated yeah. scripts uh, let me down on that one. Never mind. Ah, well. It's still worth considering had, GPPs at 8,500. Oh, for sure. You're playing them. Um, uh, lastly, I do think Demarius Thomas is fine. I think you can play him and Fowler together, and you get pretty much all the production from there. And uh, maybe not the highest upside move, but uh, you're not, you know, you're spending what 5,800 on, on Demarius Fowler's 3.3. You're getting a lot of receiving equity there, John, if you would play those guys together. And I know we, we think Casey Hayward's like shut down he does shadow, but he hasn't been that great this year. He hasn't been as good as in years past. I think the numbers reflect. 
Yeah, I mean, he he he's he struggled, especially with touchdowns. He's I think he's allowed three yeah. touchdowns over the past two or three weeks. Uh, last week he was a bit better. Um, he went up against uh, Mari Cooper, I believe. Uh, he shouted Mari. Oh, tough. Um, Tough or, thing to do. Or was I it? Could uh, shut I shut down Amari Cooper right now. <laughs> um, I don't. I, well, I mean, I don't know about that. But uh, I mean, Hayward's on, given up John. some touchdowns. Look, the um, <laughs> the bottom line here is without Manny Sanders in the lineup, uh, Demarius is going to get his looks. I mean, they they work to get him the ball in space. They'll they'll do that quick drop back, throw a screen pass to him, and let him do his yards after after the catch thing. Um, I looked at the projections we have on football guys. He's projected out as one of the uh, the best value receivers on the slate this week. So I can't argue with with the numbers. Um, but for me, um, I think I think uh, I was looking just a second ago, and of course I'm blanking on the name. For me, um, maybe uh, a guy like Pierre Garcon in the, is in, in the same boat. He's uh, 5,800 as well. He goes up against Dallas, and Dallas uh, doesn't have much in the secondary this year. So I think I would rather go that route. I'm going to make a bold prediction. You're saying this now. And then you'll dig in even more. And then come Saturday when you're doing your tips and picks and Sunday morning when you're on the RG, you know, flagship show, you're going to be like, okay, I'm on Demarius Thomas. I, it wouldn't be the first time. Yeah, it wouldn't be the first time this has this, happened. We yeah. do this show early. In the, it usually happens about one guy per week yep. where you do a little bit more and you're like, okay, you know, this. I was kind of wrong on that take. So I think this is the, your guy this week. Uh, tight ends, I'm going to – I love tight ends this week. I think it's a double tight end week on DraftKings because a lot of these guys, there's, you know, the wide receivers, icky in that kind of 4K-ish range, even 5K-ish range low. But you can get some real solid guys uh, at tight end. I mean, we got Hunter Henry at 4.2. We've got Kyle Rudolph, I think, at like 3.8 versus Baltimore. We've got uh, Jimmy Graham in the 4K range, like 4-9 against the Giants. I didn't even talk about Delaney Walker against Cleveland. Like, uh, I love the tight end spot. Austin, I'm, I'm almost certainly going to go double tight end this week. Yeah, I think this is a week to do it. I mean, the tight end position has sort of been like a feast in the famine this year. But uh, there's a lot of mid-range tight ends that are high quality matchups this week. The yes. only catch is, is if you're not really looking to pay up at tight end this week, because all the expensive ones are on weird slates. Cause you've got yeah. Gronkowski and Sunday night football, Ertz and Monday night football and Kelsey on Thursday night football. You kind of have to go to that mid range, but fortunately there's a lot of great options there. And they're well-priced yeah. uh, and we'll get to some of these guys in a little bit. Defense. Uh, yeah, man, I, I can't believe that that Denver allowed the Giants to do what they did. That doesn't happen this week. Seattle, play them, John. I'm telling you, play them. I know they're expensive, but I don't think the Giants score anything but field goals this week. And, uh, you know, a week to extra week to prepare coming off the bye. I don't know if the Giants went back to New York and then are flying back out to Seattle or if they pulled the Rams and hung out out west. But Eli Manning gets eaten up this week on the road. Totally with you. I, I I don't even have anything to add to it. I think you nailed everything on that front. I'm I'm on board. The only other defense I would consider this week um, are the uh, uh, the Vikings against Baltimore. All right, a couple of game flows um, that are very advantageous. Atlanta, New England. We don't even spend much time on that, John. I mean, that can just go and shoot out. I mean, I don't see a poor game script for Matt Ryan this week because. He needs to score a lot, knowing that you got Tom Brady on the other end. 
maybe Brady gets to be the overlooked, you know, quarterback here because he's a bit more expensive. But I think this game is going to shoot out. But the next game we have is Arizona and the Rams. And if you take, you know, that Sunday night game out of the slate and you're playing DraftKings, this is might be the best game we got. Like shootout wise, maybe. Like it's an ugly slate. It is. It is an ugly slate, but I think this is a game worth looking at. It's. Uh, it, it's. It's worth pointing out that this game is actually a 1 p.m. game, unlike the other. Uh, the other London games that we've had. Um, so it's actually on the main slate. Uh, the thing that stood out to me about this game is that um, we've got two offenses that run really fast. We have the fourth and eleventh uh, offenses, respectively. Arizona running the fourth, the Rams running the eleventh. And in neutral situations, it actually gets flip-flopped. The Rams are running the fastest offense in the league. If uh, if you actually think about that, with Arizona throwing about 70% of the time right now, this could be a game that just goes back and forth, back and forth uh, throughout. And um, I think that players will be under-owned from this game because traditionally these, these London games have been hit or miss. But I think this one might be a hit. But Austin, we got to talk a little bit about Adrian Peterson because – we saw Carson Palmer only throw the ball 22 times last week. Yeah, it was funny because after last week's show, the three of us were arguing about where Arizona's points were going to come from. Was Carson Palmer going to throw three touchdowns or was Adrian Peterson going to score? The answer was yes. Yes. (laughs) Uh, But um, this week, I think that uh, there's going to be somewhere to run for both of these teams. I think the running game is what's going to Uh, succeed based on the matchups here I think we could see another good game from Peterson although I think more people are going to be on him obviously after last week's game and then uh, you know I think we'll see some action from Gurley here you can't count him out even though Arizona is a little weaker against the pass than they are against the run I think that he's the guy you want to lean on here yeah I don't I'm not playing Peterson on DraftKings he's got zero reception equity and you need that over there FanDuel he's still pretty cheap Exactly. Um, if you think he can find the end zone, that's the site you want to play him on. Uh, all right, let's get to the wide receiver quarterback matchups. John, take us through it. What do we got? It's an interesting week this week. Not as uh, not as much stood out to me in my my first run through, uh, but a couple did. Uh, I think Eric Decker has been uh, moved out of the slot quite often this season, and he's actually going up against Jamar Taylor, who's allowing. 77% of the, the passes thrown into his coverage to be caught. He's given up almost 400 yards, three touchdowns, and opposing quarterbacks have a QB rating of about 144 when, when uh, throwing into his coverage this season. Decker uh, has been getting more attention in that offense over the past two weeks or so, so um, don't sleep on him this week. Uh, up there in that big game, if you're playing uh, the, the Thursday-Monday Thursday slate on DraftKings or the all-day slate, obviously, on FanDuel, um, Danny Amendola uh, has a great matchup against Brian Poole, the slot cornerback in Arizona. He's allowing 80% of passes thrown into his into his coverage. And uh, the interesting thing that stood out to me looking through the numbers is about 50% of the yards that he's allowed through the air this season, 50% of them have come after the catch. And we know that Danny Amendola is, uh, is really good at the, um, getting some extra yardage after the catch. So uh, I, I kind of like him this week. Sorry, and you then, said uh, Brian Poole uh, of Atlanta, not Arizona, just to clarify. Oh, my, my bad. Yeah, that no, was a, an AA thing, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then um, yeah, I've got two more, but one I'm going to save for later in the show. The last one is um, Robert Woods going up against Justin Bethel. 
Uh, he's allowed six touchdowns in coverage this season, which is incredible through six weeks of NFL football, almost 500 yards while, while in coverage. And I think that this week's not going to be any better for him because uh, Sammy Watkins will get, will get, uh, he'll get shadow coverage, excuse me, from Patrick Peterson. Cooper Cut should see plenty of tear on Mathal out of the slot. And that really only leaves one viable receiver, and that's a big play receiver in Robert Woods. Love this play for GPPs. And um, it's one that I'll be uh, trying to exploit. In terms of bad matchups, Sammy Watkins, I just told you, will be uh, shouted by Patrick Peterson. T.Y. Hilton's going to have his hands full with uh, Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Boyd. He's not been running out of the slot as much this season as he has in years past. We talked about Demarius going up against Casey Hayward. And then I think you can pretty much minimize the, uh, the Chargers receivers because they go up against that amazing uh, Denver defensive backfield. We're calling Robert Woods a big play receiver. Is that what we're doing? A big play receiver in the sense that he can he's a he's a fast guy that can get behind a defense and get an 80-yard touchdown like that. Maybe against Justin Bethel, but he's still Robert Woods. Um let's get to our fool's gold bounce back, running out of time here. Uh, I'll start it out. Hey, I called Aaron Rodgers as fool's gold last week. I knew that he was gonna have that shoulder injury. Um, but <laughs> No, I'm going to go big again, though, and uh, I'm going to throw Antonio Brown out there this week. I am uh, Obviously, he's been incredible um, as a tournament player so far this season, but historically, he does not match up well against the Cincinnati Bengals team. He had that one really good playoff game. You take that out of the equation, and they've been holding him consistently under 100 yards per game. Even last week, the touchdown that he had was fluky. I mean, should have been probably picked off. Ben does not look right. And really low total in this one. I said it earlier. They learned their lesson. It's Le'Veon Bell week, so I'm off of Antonio Brown. My bounce back, a Seattle defense I love, and I love Jimmy Graham here. I mean, this guy is running routes, and I think like 86% of his snaps, and, uh, and he's a guy who I think finds the end zone uh, at least once in this game. Wouldn't shock me if he got there twice, if maybe uh, a little week off. Helps this offense get going a little bit. So I love Jimmy Graham as my bounce back. All right, tip and pick what you got. We both got some strong takes on this uh, Seattle Giants game. I think uh, a lot of people are going to be on Evan Ingram once again because he's uh, really the only receiver there in, in New York right now. But uh, Cam Chancellor will, will do whatever he needs to do to shut him down and, and try to make the Giants beat them elsewhere. I think Evan Ingram is going to be over-owned. Our early ownership projections has – him as the highest uh, tight end owned in GPPs over on DraftKings to this point. Um, I think he's fool's gold this week. Uh, the player who I think could be in a bounce back situation, this is a sleeper, certainly not a, uh, not a, uh, <laughs> I can already see the eyes. This is not a cash game play, but Zay Jones will go up against a combination of Vernon Hargreaves and uh, Robert McLean. Uh, these guys rank currently, they rank 68th and 57th out of 72 cornerbacks on pro football focus. They're allowing 80% uh, of, I'm going to finish off this, uh, this take, 80% of the passes thrown into coverage. They've allowed over 600 combined yards and three touchdowns. The, the Buffalo Bills have to score, according to Vegas, three touchdowns this week. Maybe they all go to LaShawn McCoy, but I think Zay Jones gets peppered with targets and uh, at his price, I think he's, he's worth a look in GPPs. Okay, Austin. Look, good thing we're out of time, so we can't block <laughs> that pick. Go ahead. 
Um, let's see. I'm going to also uh, poop all over the Giants and say uh, don't buy into Orleans Darkwood this week. Uh, even though he's had a couple of decent games here, you're trying to get something from nothing if you're banking on this uh, offense. And then, uh, you know, I've got a more sort of out on a limb, I guess, fool's gold. I'm going to go back to Melvin Gordon again and say, you know, there's no way back from here. I keep going back to Melvin Gordon. waiting. Dude, for he gets 30 game. touches every game. So I know he does, but Denver allows the least amount of normalized fantasy points to running backs. I'm going to say no on this thing. This is the week where Gordon gets shut down. Uh, and then I've got two easy bounce backs, LaShawn McCoury and Julio Jones. Well, he didn't. He made up for the Zay Jones out there, and he just took the little finger roll layup. That's right. That was uh, McCoy and <laughs> Jones are very good picks. Uh, guys, we're out of kind of time for who you got here. So uh, we certainly want to thank everybody for giving us uh, a watch here on RotoGrinders.com. Make sure you check them out over at Football Guys, uh, John and Austin. I know they've got the Power Grid video, which comes out, uh, what is that, Thursday? We really Friday. on Friday mornings. Okay, that's always a always a fun one. And uh, if you haven't subscribed to our daily fantasy football podcast feed, you can get all of our Roto Grinders football content in one place: videos, audio podcasts, everything you need. It's free. Check it out on iTunes, and uh, and we'll be back next week. One of these two guys will be performing for you, and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Austin doesn't know which way to point. Wrong way. You just pointed to yourself. Um, but uh, thanks again for watching. We got the DFS Pick 6 coming up next with Rich Rebar, Evan Silva, and Eric Crane. For my pals, John and Austin, I'm Dan Bach wishing you best of luck this week seven. We'll talk to you next week right here on Roto Grinders. See you, everybody.